Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. My name is Jamie. And I'm Mark. And we are a socially awkward couple who like to watch two people fight over who's the best sports entertainer. And on this podcast, we'll be covering WWE. Finally. We didn't get around to it. My chair is squeaky as hell. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a terrible chair for a podcast. Uh, as we said, Mark was trying to say, we didn't get around to talking much about WWE at all, actually, because, well, there was no Raw. It was just like a recap after the holidays, and mm-hmm. SmackDown was SmackDown, so we are and back honestly, to... <laughs> and honestly, that, that Friday's SmackDown was awful. There wasn't a lot to cover, so... The Raw, I, I, I don't think we've even gone back and even looked at what they Never did Never even review. watched it. I know they, it. Had, uh, they had Cody Rhodes was on it yep i believe bianca belair was on it there was a couple of things i know Not everybody was happy about it no i know that there was a lot of um time spent on Liv morgan's reign this year which is interesting considering she really didn't have she was only the much champ to talk what, about two months three months maybe yeah you know she won the money in the bank which is cool and then she was the champ for a little bit and it just i don't know it was a little That's bit right. of a lackluster that, thing but that that title moves opinion. around a little bit this episode it sure does so speaking of that, let's jump right into it. We'll talk about uh, Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw uh, SmackDown Women's Title. I apologize. That's right. Why we, we always get confused because we always do SmackDown first and then Raw. Exactly, it's... a little bit confusing. But now she is the SmackDown Women's Championship, and she fought Raquel Rodriguez after they had that gauntlet match the previous week. Right, and Raquel was able to overcome, I believe, three different women in uh, after she came in. I mean, doesn't matter. Uh, it was actually a pretty good match. I know you're very critical of Ronda Rousey. You know me. Um, obviously, Raquel Rodriguez is still a little bit green around the gills, especially in the the big time of, of Raw and SmackDown. Um, but it was really good. I, like, me, me of all people, I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Raquel performed very well. Uh, Ronda performed no worse than she would and she do any other day, and that's not a dig. No, but no. She, and she's... It was a, it was a solid match. It wasn't my favorite match of the night. Definitely was a little less polished than most of the other uh, women's matches. Sure, but Raquel um, looked really good. She definitely yep. dominated the. She took a good majority loss. of her of the the match. I think in my eyes, yeah, she one hundred percent took a good loss. It, she like, did she end up losing. Strong. Yep, which I didn't. I don't know if anybody thought that she was actually going to win this with how everything's been going down. Right. But, um. I actually really liked the ending of this. So um, they were, Raquel and Rhonda were up on the top rope and Rhonda put her into an arm bar and, and Raquel was holding her, which was extremely impressive. Like well, you Rhonda's, have to be, Rhonda's, or Rhonda, uh, uh, Raquel, Raquel's a very, very strong. She is, but the, the ability to stand on the, on the top rope like that and, right. and hold Rhonda Rousey, who a then, full ass human being. Yeah. Who then got into position to put her in an arm bar while they were both up on the top rope, held it for a while, and then the second they hit the mat, Raquel tapped. I mean, yeah, it was, but they were selling the, the elbow injury. She had a dislocated shoulder and of a course. broken elbow. Also, Shayna what, Baszler, of course, tried to interfere, which yep. she did, and the ref looked over and was like, did you do that? Did you do that? And then didn't kick her out. I don't know why Shayna Baszler always gets like an extra special pass that the yeah. refs don't kick her out of the match. It, don't yeah, well, I buy anything. It, it it was weird. She she did more than what most people do to get kicked out, and she still stayed ringside. I mean, he, yeah, she he, the ref was like berating her. But fortunately, she didn't have any play in the ultimate decision. In the end, uh, Raquel ended up getting gloss, and Ronda Rousey ends up retaining. 
she did. And then they, her and Shayna got into the ring. Uh, Rhonda grabbed a mic and started talking into it, and it was off, which was funny as hell. I don't know. Not the I first had... time that's happened to her. <laughs> it was completely off. They're like, no, no, no words need to be said here. And music hit. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Finally comes back from her, quote unquote, I think it was an elbow injury or an arm injury uh, that she sustained in an I Quit match against Ronda. Mm-hmm. And she lost her title. Uh, so this is the last, last WWE event of, the, of 2022. Uh, Charlotte Flair shows up and Ronda goes on one of the more awkward tirades that she's done. Yeah, it, how's it your felt, elbow, girl? Like, well, it, it uh. felt it felt weird because <laughs> obviously you knew what was about to happen. Charlotte Flair ends up you yeah, know, she's challenging in her gear. for the title. I mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it just didn't. It, it's again right back to Ronda just not being good at the mic. Like I just absolutely horrible, like, absolutely horrible. Like you said, the whole like conversation she was having with her, the whole thing was weird. She was like mm-hmm. half laughing through it. It was just super awkward. It was a very forced promo. It didn't it feel was. natural. It didn't know. And I think that's my issue is it does not feel natural, which yeah. I mean, obviously it's scripted. Let's be real here. Um, she just, she can't get it down. Right. But long story short, Charlotte comes out and basically says, I'm challenging you for that belt. Not next week, right now. Well, she, yeah, yeah. Rhonda, we even like alluded to it. Like, oh, what are you out here to, to challenge me for it next week? And no, now. Yeah. And, and Shayna pulled her back and was pretty much insinuating, like, don't do this. Like this an intelligent stupid. human being. You know, would. this isn't a good idea. Because it was, again, it wasn't a match that Rhonda just walked in, beat some ass and then held the title up and yeah. won. Like, it was a good 10, 15-minute match that she had to go through before Charlotte Flair showed up, so she's out of breath and tired. Right. But for some unknown reason, Rhonda thought it was a great idea, and she <laughs> she looks at Charlotte and she says... Well, I, well, I think, I think they, they're trying to, like, get Rhonda to look like a, well, I'll take on any challenger anytime, anywhere. Sure. Like, she's always t- kind of touted off as... Yeah. It didn't really work out, but well, yeah, but she, uh, she which looks... it never really does. Like, what what person right. goes like, I just had a fight. Let's do another one immediately. Uh, oh, afterwards. sure. And from a mile away, you could tell this wasn't going to be a good idea on Rhonda's part. But for some reason, she looks over at Charlotte and she says, "You're in luck. I'm feeling spicy." I... Interesting choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> feeling spicy. Uh, but yeah, the bell rang. Uh, Charlotte Flair did a huge boot to to Rhonda's face. And instantly uh, pinned her. Oh yeah, so it was. It was a quick. Gotta two, give you the tease. It was a quick two count, and I think the entire the entire arena they held their breath. And I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't sure what direction they were gonna go with this match. Obviously, you know Ronda Rousey has been your champion for what six months now. Uh, I don't think it's been that long, but either way, I mean she's she's had a good had it for a good chunk. Uh-huh. Um, obviously Charlotte Flair, just massive star power compared to Ronda Rousey. Oh, absolutely. Right now. Um, fan favorite merchandise seller right um she's people love rick flair so you can't help but love her daughter of course uh his daughter so i was very i was interesting where they were going with this because you're gonna have i mean it it was pretty obvious that charlotte flair was gonna lose the title or i'm sorry ronda rousey was gonna lose the title i just don't think anybody really expected charlotte flair to literally walk out and within what Maybe a minute thirty. Yeah, it was. It happened. It was quickly. a quick match, which well, understandable. You just had an entire an entire women's match, regardless of whether this is another one afterwards. Ronda is probably fairly spent from performing. Oh, for sure. And you don't want to have your, you know, your a match or a segment go twice as long for no reason. So right. it's understandable. It was a short match. I was 
this was one of those times that WWE got me. I oh, was sure. floored when I heard her music and seen her come out. I was like, are you serious? And then it was, as soon as they rang the bell and they actually made it into a match right then and there for the title. And obviously Charlotte Flair ends up winning the title. So right before 2022 ends, we have another crazy headline that we have to tweet out. <laughs> we have to talk about fucking Charlotte Flair walks into Smack, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Watching the SmackDown like she owns the place. I mean, she practically does. Yep. And walked out and as just the 14-time WWE world champion. Just takes that thing. Just yep. walks up and says, that's mine. Give it to me. Yep. Bang, bang, bang. But, I mean, would anybody be surprised by that? No. No, but she I love is this. the superior wrestler. I Was love it, it a though. weird move? A little bit. No. Was it the no. right move? Yes. I, yes. 100%. Yes. 100% yes. that People was the right move. People were not feeling Ronda as the champ. Regardless, you have now taken Charlotte Flair and made her an even more volatile product because she walked in. And she just said, that's mine. Give it to me. Bang. Yep. And, and she is, she is now already on the top of the pile, but now she has just blasted the ceiling open of how much shit she can talk. I came back after yep. six, seven, eight months of being, since May, I was gone that entire time. I walk in and I win the belt. Yeah. It was I a very Becky belt. Lynch moment when she won the belt from uh, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, holy shit, that was quick, you know? This was obviously a little bit different, but a very quick change where you're like, holy shit, it wasn't ready for that. I loved it, though. I, I, it I took thought it was me really by surprise. Good, the whole thing. I, if that would have been the main event, I would have I lost my shit if that would have, like, honest to God. Yeah. Continuing on with SmackDown, we started the night with a segment. Uh, Bray Wyatt walks out to the ring. Uh, I, I told you before, I'm... His his entrance is great. I'm just tired of waiting 45 minutes for the motherfucker to get in the ring. It's long. It's um, long. And again, it's theatrical. It goes with his character. I just wish they would just speed it up a little bit. Like, a little bit. Um, But we had Bray Wyatt come out, and he was addressing the situation between him and L.A. Knight. Them kind of beefing back and forth, and L.A. Knight not being a very receptive individual in a conversation between two two men. Um. And also apologizing to the cameraman that he attacked. Yes, he last week he beat the living hell of a ca- out of a cameraman for reasons that I guess anger issues. Um, LA bipolar Knight, disorder, remember? Yeah, La Knight ends up coming out, um, interrupts and and Bray Wyatt like in normal La Knight fashion, and I mean, which just, is nice because it like breaks up the ambiance because it's always like dark when Bray's out there, and then yes. La Knight comes out with the. Like it's w- hip hop, like I don't know, like music. It's one and then of those it changes things. Yeah, the it, dynamic. It, it's, it's cool. It's like a, it, it's like getting hit with a glass of ice water in the middle of a shower. Yeah, You're just like, like what the fuck? Like I kind of like it though. Oh, I love it because it completely <laughs> it breaks that uh, that tension of Bray Wyatt being his broody self. Ellie Knight comes out and, like I said, he just continues talking shit about how Bray Wyatt's got his goons beating him up backstage and. This Uncle Howdy guy, and lo and behold, the creepy weird music starts up, the lights go low, and Uncle Howdy starts walking, not only comes out, but starts walking to the ring. So we finally get to see a glimpse of Uncle Howdy. Although, not the same Uncle Howdy. No, different mask, a little bit of the actual person's skin showing, a little goatee. Totally different hair. Yep. Um, He comes out, ends up putting his hat down on the ring, walks into the ring. You think he's going to back up Bray Wyatt, and he Because he goes on his side, you know? He, like, gets, like, the two of them up against L.A., you know? But turns to him and hits Bray Wyatt with a sister Abigail and leaves. And poor L.A. is like, what the hell is going on? I think we were all like that, because I don't know what they're doing with this, this story. I don't either. And they this this storyline 
did come to some type of a head. Um, and they are going to be wrestling at Royal Rumble, which right. is not till January 28th. LA Night Challenge. Which at this Bray point is like a month. You know, like oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna drag this on really for another month. I yeah, I and I mean Bray's got a broken finger uh, apparently. Oh, that's right. He got supposedly got injured during a uh, a live show. Yeah, which sucks. Speaking I think, of that, uh, AJ Styles is yeah. also out for. He's got a broken ankle. Yeah, same same night, right? I don't know if it was the same night, same week. Yeah, but yeah, AJ Styles out with a broken ankle. Uh, Bray Wyatt's got a broken finger, which I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with a broken finger for sure. Um. I, I, this whole Uncle Howdy thing, I don't, I don't know if it's just the buildup is too yeah. is too long for me. What's I what's don't know. the agenda behind that? You know, like uh, what is that going to factor in with for the next month? Right. Is there going to be sure. some type of interference in this match by Uncle Howdy? Like, is that what we're here to expect? Like the most obvious thing. Well, we I guess we'll find out because well, you know, like I said, we got the match there, but we also have uh, Alexa Bliss has been kind of influenced by. A little bit of the Bray Wyatt, uh, totally influenced uh, Uncle Howdy. Yeah, the, the keep seeing moth the symbol, keeps popping yeah. up, uh, and every time it does, she ends up doing something crazy. A couple weeks ago, she ended up smashing Bianca Belair in the head with a vase filled with, with a poinsettia. Was it a poinsettia? Yeah, it was. Oh, a poinsettia. my mother would be so mad. Um, <laughs> you know, it was Christmas, and it, we, they've kind of teased this whole returning back to the Bray Wyatt crazy uh, Alexa Bliss gimmick. Uh huh. She I'm, ended up having a match with, with Bianca Belair, and right. a lot of that tied right into it. And yeah, it was for the Raw Women's Championship, and it ended up being a DQ because they, she saw, what, two people in the crowd with masks. Yep, which yeah. WWE sells, so I don't right. really know where they were getting with that. Um, she had, you know, I don't know, a burning sensation in her head when Bray's Wyatt, Bray's Wyatt, Bray <laughs> Wyatt's uh, symbol flashed on, this, on the Titantron, uh-huh. and then she attacked a referee. Yep. And, and then- uh, they were the commentators were like, "This is going to end up in a DQ," but she's doing this anyways. And they never ring a Nobody bell. Nobody says a word. The bell never rings. And then Alexa Bliss just more walks referees off. come out, and they kind of like try to help try to help break up everything. She ends up attacking Bianca Belair, I guess after the bell, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, they never name. they never sounded a bell. Montez Four comes out. Uh, he gets. I don't, I don't even know what happened to him later on. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I I, I maybe were. Maybe we're in that like that grace period where they're building and it's going to be a payoff here in a few weeks at the Royal Rumble. Maybe we're just not with it anymore. I but I'm excited to see Bray Wyatt back in WWE, but I'm very disappointed in how we've been presented Bray Wyatt so far. Oh, yeah, I guess it. not Bray Wyatt. The sto- the story that's encompassing Bray Wyatt. Correct, I feel the like whole we're, it's been dragged out for so long mm-hmm. that I just I, I, I don't feel I'm not invested in it really yeah. right now because it's just two, three weeks of the same story, just a few minutes extra Agreed. or a few cents of of more and just it's not doing it for me. No. Now one thing that was interesting is it's again the first raw of twenty twenty three, the one that we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. And the first show we get to see blood, but it was clearly obviously a blood capsule. Alexa attacked Bianca on the steel right. steps and hit her a couple times. She pops up with again very fake blood. Right. Uh, but it was still interesting to see them doing something like that involved in yeah. the match because they're obviously very anti blood. You know, I, they give AEW a lot of shit for it. I mean, there was blood later. Um Yeah, I don't maybe we're seeing little shades of of because they, they, I don't know, they're, they're buying into more of like the creepy kind of vibe with Dexter Loomis. Yeah. With stuff with Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt. 
I don't know. Maybe we're seeing something different. With- I mean, it's not a bad direction. Impact always has a lot of that, like, creepy ambiance. Oh, yeah. Impact and- has, like, if you're looking for that supernatural wrestling, that, like, above and beyond storyline, that shit that Danhausen would, would probably did, would flourish in, Impact's the way to go. Yeah. 100%. They love those backstage like psychological, segments. Psychological, like, he thought Alexa Bliss was demented. Like, you see, like, Sue Young and, like, all these other people who, like, but they're literally not, live the character like that. But they, I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can go on, I can go on a tangent about Impact all day, but I feel like they, they do it where they don't let the filter stop the content. Right. And I feel like WWE is more focused on selling a product to an individual. Right. Impact, selling the show. I don't know who the hell Impact's selling. They're obviously doing something good because they've continually produce shows absolutely but i don't think that type of creepy works well with wwe unless they no. go full boring right as long as we don't see zombies i was just gonna say the same thing that god that was horrible oh, it was awful i think that was when we started watching uh wwe again started dipping years, our toes in and we saw and that instantly and we, were like, we saw that we were like no nope, we're gone and then not too long after that there was that whole thing where like they were WWE was like sponsored by Pizza Hut. Oh my god! And, and, they, had, had, and they actually had uh, the Street Profits. The street Profits, because I remember Montez Ford was whipping pe- yeah. whipping slices into yeah, the crowd. Yeah, we were like, "Who are these guys?" But it's just absolutely hysterical. But which I thought just that, dumb. I thought that was funny. Dumb they humor. had Montez Ford, who especially back then, a few years ago, was his physique was on point, right? And he's sitting there eating sell like, me on mm, that? pepperoni pizza. Like that, this dude doesn't eat pepperoni pizza yeah. on a daily basis. Pretty sure they threw Otis out there to eat some slices. You know. They thought that's all Otis was good for for a while. And right. Thankfully, Triple H came back and was like, "Nah, he doesn't have to eat hot dogs." <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. So, like, like the Otis spot I was just talking about, how it's stupid, silly. Let's talk about what I think, controversially, was the best part of Raw. The <laughs> I can't even say it out loud. The Dominic Mysterio promo. Uh, I I believe from prison. I believe his name is Inmate. Mysterio. <laughs> uh, no, and, and, I believe this was after. No, 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 this was after he got out of prison. So where was he in that prison? Interview? Right. Oh no, he. I don't know where he was. It was a white room. He was wearing a wife beater that was white. Okay, he was eating. A, he was chewing on a toothpick. He I gave, was getting that he he was still there. But. No, no, no. That's why he was saying I just got out of prison. Okay, yeah. I'm. I. It makes it. <sighs> Regardless of where he is, there's a. It, it looks like an insane asylum kind of word. Dominic is, and he's he's just basically talking about what's happening. So if you haven't seen it, uh, long story short, Rhea Ripley, Dominic, and uh, Rey Mysterio have been doing the absolute most hysterical segments. There was one Thanksgiving where Dominic and Rhea busted into Rey's house, uh, I guess, unwelcomed. No, even they didn't though bust it's his in. He knocked. His abuela let him in. No, no, no. That was Christmas. This is Thanksgiving. It's same thing. Dominic put his mask on. Or uh, Ray Mysterio clearly had just put his mask on because who eats Thanksgiving dinner with their mask? Right. You know? And he opens up the door and they're like, let us in. And he just like sits there and talks to him. And then, you know, that happens. And he gets beat up. Ray Mysterio gets the shit kicked out of him. And then cut to Christmas. Like you said, Grandpa clearly doesn't know what's going on and lets, lets Dominic and Rhea in. and. uh Instantly, Dom, Dom's mom and dad stop him and kick him out. And Rhea's like freaking out. Dom's freaking out. And he's like, what, what did I do? What did I do? And 
uh, Rey Mysterio's wife just reaches over and smacks Rhea in the face. And then about 0.3 seconds later, the police are there. Yeah. And they arrest Dom. And Dom went He's, to jail, I guess, for the night. He's screaming for mommy, you know? I can't make it in prison, which I don't know why he'd go to prison. I don't even know why he's being arrested. Well, he didn't even go to prison. I mean, you get arrested for an evening or two. It's not like yeah. prisons. You don't go to prison for, for a domestic or like a, a, you know, I don't know, disturbing the peace. Yeah. I mean, his, his dad, his grandpa let him in. Yeah. But no, he insinuated he went to prison. <clears throat> he oh, said he did hard time and survived. And also had a teardrop tattoo. Yeah, I don't know how legitimate that <laughs> tattoo is, but got a new accessory. <laughs> Looked like ballpoint pen. Uh, WWE just buying into that super silly storylines. I don't know when the Judgment Day and Dominic Mysterio turned into the ridiculous things that they, they, they just did. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with the Judgment Day. I thought it was absolutely hysterical because when you last saw Dom... He's screaming, mommy, mommy, I can't make it in prison. And now he's hard. You know, things have changed. Um, it, it's been a few days. You know, it's been a hard couple of days. And he, he's got the, the teardrop. I don't know. He must have killed somebody in prison. I don't really know what they're getting at here. But I don't know. It's hysterical. And oh, I it look was funny, forward for sure. to it every week. For sure. <laughs> Next, we had a segment with Damage Control and Bailey. Uh, came out and talked shit. Per usual. Per usual. <laughs> and uh, Becky Lynch came out. And per usual. <laughs> Bailey kind of alluded to, we have more people in the ring than you. Mm-hmm. And Becky Lynch took it as well, seeing as how I don't have my phone, I'm just going to take the two-on-one fight. Uh, and this was after insulting her and telling her that she's been like the diet version of Becky Lynch yeah. since Becky Lynch has been out. And it seems like they've always had like an injury that just happens to to offset one another. Right. Becky Lynch is out for a little bit and then Bailey's out for well she was out for what 9 months. Yeah, she was out for a while. So, but Bailey said exactly that like, you know, seeing as you have an issue with my girls being damage control, that's you know, what, yep, why that's don't you go ahead and fight them and you can go in the back and you can find whoever you want to be your partner. Right. And <laughs> she said, "Oh gosh, gee willikers, I don't have my phone." Also, and, like, she called patted ba- herself down when she I, had no pants. She called Bailey a dope. Yeah. She walked out and she said, "Would you shut up, you big dope?" Uh, you you could tell there was a couple times she like fumbled. Yeah. But also, Dakota Kai needs to work on her face. As far as like that sounds weird. As far as like, <laughs> hold on, let me explain. I don't mean cosmetically. I think I understand. She like overreacts so hard to like when other people say things. I hate, I feel like EO Sky doesn't do that at all. She she's has, the 100% opposite. Like she's stone cold face and that's mm-hmm. okay. I feel like that's all right. But I'm always like watching Dakota and it's so distracting because she's always got like the mean girls like, oh my God. Like she reminds gestures, me of those you know? extras that are on like on a play that aren't a part of the play. They're just like cannon fodder and yes. they just have like the most ridiculous surprised face. Over, like, the smallest things. Exactly. Exactly. That's a perfect <laughs> depiction. But anyways, Be- Becky, like I said, gosh, gee willikers, can't find my phone. She's like, oh, you know, two of you, one of me, looks like the odds are even. And she just ran down there and, and fought. And what I thought was really funny was Corey Graves said, uh, damage control's not ready. For what? For Becky Lynch? They weren't ready for the match, but they were in gear. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Sorry to break the fourth wall down, but, know, right? you know, you usually can tell that uh, somebody's not going to fight if or if not they're wearing 
throwing Oh, yeah, gear. when Shane O'Mac walks out and he's in a you know three-piece suit, I don't think he's about to start throwing down with Stone Cold, even though he's, like, taking his top off. And... Exactly. But then again, you know, you do have Ric Flair. I've watched that man strip down to damn near his underwear <laughs> as he elbowed every piece of his clothing, his watch, his necklace, his whatever else he had in his pockets. I've, I've... <laughs> So it's not without it's not out of the out of the realm of wrestling that somebody oh. would compete in a three piece yeah. suit that costs <laughs> a good a good little bit amount of money. Not to get too off topic, but I did happen to hear something about uh, um, Eric Bischoff was doing an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet. I think you might have heard it. Yes, I was. And to it. he was talking about Ric Flair, and he said several times, "He's like, I don't know why that guy gets mad at me." <laughs> he just yeah. like he's always in that like mode where he just like fights all the time and he's like honest to god there's been several times like i don't know why he's mad at me six months ago we were drinking together he's like now nah, he can't stand me and even wendy doesn't understand like well, even rick flair uh he responded to that and said something to the effect of uh he's like yeah he's probably right we'll probably be getting drunk here six nine months down the road <laughs> like i feel like <laughs> Uh, but okay rick's probably a difficult person to be a friend with but actually take take becky lynch for take anybody honestly in the in in wrestling right now yeah uh, there's you gotta be a little bit weird to be a good performer oh yeah whether it's That's wrestling or an out. actor or it's uh anything like that even a sports like a, a, a sports star like sure. a football or basketball or baseball like you got to be a little bit outside the box. Yeah, and, you got to stand and, out. And, and especially wrestling, like you've got to have, you know, you've got to build a character. You've got to, and you've got to portray that character. And back 20, 30 years ago, when you couldn't separate acting from, you know, home life, like you had to live the character. And sure. that's the, the era he comes from. So I'm sure a lot of it's influenced from that. But Ric Flair seems like one of those dudes that is just, he shows up and everybody goes, shit, Ric Flair's here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear it's Eric not say? A ba- it's not a bad thing that he's here. Just yeah. It's just somebody a different vibe. Go hide the golf carts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> We she- have some of those friends. Yeah. Um, did you hear Eric say that he doesn't think Rick can actually pull a punch in real life because he's yes. had, he's done so many fake hits that he doesn't actually know how to yeah, pull he, a real Yeah, he one? was talking about uh, <laughs> one time in WCW. I don't remember the context of it, but uh, Ric Flair came in. And Eric Bischoff was on the phone, and I guess he just started swinging at Bischoff and straight, like, he said he hit me, like, a good two, three times. I had, like, clear the cobwebs out. <laughs> Eric said he was looking for the cameras because he didn't know if it was a skit or why he was hitting them. Yeah. He was on the phone with his, like, real estate agent or something, yeah. like, getting some property. And but he even just said, comes in and starts beating his ass for yeah, no he reason. Even, he even said, like, he got me those <laughs> couple of times, but, like, the, the for the opportunities he had, he should have, like, destroyed me. Yeah. I don't... The topic on hand, we did have a match between Becky Lynch and Damage Control for a few minutes. It was a two-on-one handicap, uh, and just as Becky Lynch was out in dire straits, uh, Mitchin, uh, Mia Yim, maybe what do we Mia call? Her? I don't know what we're calling her anymore. We went from one name to another name, back to another name, back to another name. Now we're doing both <laughs> names. Now she's in the OC. I, whatever. Um, she comes rushing down to the ring uh, because she's got issue with Damage Control. And she kind of saves the day for a little bit, uh, but it, eh, it 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 was a it was a good match between the four individuals. I think they're just trying to number one reintroduce Mia Yim into the fold, which is difficult when you don't have a lot of storyline. You've been gone off of the even the smallest amount of WWE TV time, so I'm sure that's you know part of this developing and putting her back into it. 
and you also have you know Becky Lynch that it, 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 not that she's not known she's one of the one of the top WWE women's performers but you know bringing her back into the storyline giving her something to have a feud about other than just she's Becky Lynch and she likes to fight sure. you know giving her some motivation I think this is what all this ties into and yes this was a weird match I know we didn't really care for it too too much and it ended up being uh Becky Lynch uh, started attacking Bailey on the outside, which allowed for a really quick and awkward double team from damage control on Mia Yim. Right. Um, not a bad match. Uh, yeah. Just really didn't. It just kind of didn't sit anywhere. It just, it just seemed kind of pointless. Yeah. It. It. it well, and you know. like I said, I think it was just strictly to to further or to get everybody involved in everything but Maybe. yeah it, it was TV one of those time for everybody. it's that awkward match before everything starts to kind of come together yeah like, you can't really figure out this? why and why me chin came out because even when she came out everybody was like is she against damage control is she with damage control like there was no clear cut understanding until she right. jumped in the ring and like put her arm out you know in the corner and it, obviously becky was going to reach out and tag her in but it was just like the weirdest like these impromptu matches i'm just like really over I feel like every once in a while you can do it, but I feel like it's just every match is just super impromptu. Yeah. Um, nothing was planned. WWE's um, been doing that for the past couple of weeks, so it's just, you know, yeah. I have a problem with you, you have a problem with me, let's go out, let's go out of the ring. Oh, we're yeah. both in the Here's ring, let's have a match. Yeah, I, and, and you know, you're right, like, that was part of, like, the attitude era that we, we, we loved. There would be occasionally, there'd be a match like that where, like, I don't like you, you don't like me, well, fuck you, let's go, yeah. let's go fight in the ring. But they had matches that they hyped up for weeks. You know, you could have a huge rivalry match between The Rock and Mick Foley on a Monday Night Raw. You know, that wasn't forbidden. It almost seems like, and we're going to have to talk about this, too, since Sasha and Naomi, like, screwed over WWE, that they're, like, trigger shy i don't know if screwed I, screwed over might be a harsh term well that's what they think um they're like trigger shy of like not wanting to post matches and like say things are gonna happen you know i think they're yeah. they're possibly afraid that something might happen with one of their stars and the match doesn't happen and they have to kind of save face on it so all of a sudden now they just match like one or two matches for the night right and then they end up having six and four of them are because of a poker tournament you know it's just like weird yeah I don't know. It's odd. But um, after uh, EO and EO ended up pinning Meechin right. after the win, um, Bailey must have hopped on a plane not too long after to support her We're getting her into that friend. right now? Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit because I don't want to go on for too long, but man, she must have hopped on a plane, went straight over to Japan with Naomi. Yep. And, well, uh, I, ha- nobody's confirmed that Naomi's there. They, they've had... There's pictures of her. Is, well, has they do Photoshop her? Has there been pictures? I yeah, haven't seen, I yeah. haven't seen any. I was uh, trying well, to be like an it, asshole, but it, yeah. It doesn't exist in this world <laughs> if I haven't seen it. Yeah, for sure. She was there. There's pictures with her, uh, FTR, yep. obviously, saw, uh, Mercedes. Mercedes. And Bailey. Mo- Monet. Monet. I don't know, but I've, I, I've told that to you. I don't know if, how I feel about that name, but it's not my name. Um... You know, yeah, like money, Monet. Formerly you know. known as Sasha Banks, debuted in NJPW at Russell Teen this morning, last night. I don't yeah. know what what time it was over there, but I know it was one thirty this morning. Uh, the pre-show Eastern started. Time. I think it was around. Let's see. I got up at four for work this morning, and I, had, I checked my phone fifteen minutes after I woke up, and she had already debuted. 
So it was somewhere between the beginning of the show and an hour, I guess. Uh, but she debuted as a slightly new look and did one of the most awkward armbar mm-hmm. bank statement. I don't know what happened. New finisher. Yeah. Um, you know, for somebody who's used to such a big pop, the music hit and not a lot of people knew what to do because, of course, this is the debut of somebody with a new, mm. a whole new persona, you right. know? So nobody knows who this is. The entrance hits. Nobody has any clue who it is. And then eventually she comes out. She looks so different. This is also Japan, not right. the United States. And they're not screaming and cheering and yelling like they do in the United States. So I think it probably to her was really awkward. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure she it's did very, her best. It's very reminiscent <laughs> of when Japanese wrestlers debut in America for the first time. Maybe not nowadays because the internet's the internet, and I can go on the internet and watch Japanese wrestling live with like a five minute delay. Sure, which is mind blowing. Insane because thirty years ago you had to trade CDs and DVDs and tapes, try and find matches. Right. From overseas, let alone like yeah. watch the entire pay per view for what like five dollars a month or whatever. It is. Yeah, right. Pay for NJPW. Right. Uh, I think it's seven forty nine. It's nine hundred ninety nine yen. <laughs> whatever that. Whatever the conversion to. rate is, I don't. I don't ever look. It's under ten bucks. I yeah. mean, if you like wrestling and and you enjoy like even remotely enjoy the Japanese style wrestling, do it. It's it's no more than Peacock is. Yep. I think I think we will leave the NJPW Wrestle Kingdom at that. That way we don't spoil it. I think we're a little bit too close to that. We'll give it a few days and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more. Right. I'd hate to spoil it for everybody. While talking about Becky Lynch, can't bring her up without talking about her esteemed husband, Seth Rollins. He had a title match with Austin Theory tonight. Tonight, that night, whatever. Part night. 215. Um, yep, same one we've seen a couple times for the United States Championship. Uh, Austin Theory stating that he, or Seth Rollins is the past, Austin Theory is the present, and his forever reign is just beginning. So apparently Austin Theory has, this belt is his, he will never relinquish this belt, he will never do more aspirations than just this belt. (laughs) This is it. it. This is the pinnacle of Austin Theory, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't like Austin Theory now, You'll never like him again. You're screwed. Because this is he's it. here forever. This is it. This, he's the forever reign. I mean, is he going to be a multi-reign? Is he going to take all the titles and be like, I am the uh, title master? I have absolutely no idea what Hunter's plan is. I really don't. Yeah. I don't either. It was cool. I liked it. And then now it's like, oh, hey, uh, here's Seth. Oh, hey, again. here's Bobby. Like, find again. somebody else. I'm going to say the same thing I say every week. Got to shake it up here. We need new opponents. Yes. Well, they brought Hit Row in. <clears throat> cool. Uh, uh, shout out to everybody in the locker room in the back. Uh, well, I don't know if I think it was on SmackDown for absolutely annihilating uh, Top Dollar for okay, that. Okay, let's talk about that. This wasn't on. This wasn't on the docket to talk about, but I need. To, I need to mention this. So you had probably uh, what five to six grown men. Making fun of another grown man, yeah, who couldn't jo- jump over a rope, <laughs> and he had no problem with anybody. He's like, ah, all right, yep, cool. And then Ricochet steps up and doesn't really insult him. Says something to the effect of, "Oh, now he knows why I do what I do the best." 
didn't say, hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> didn't say, hey, you suck. He said something very similar of like, he, now you know why, you know, I do the flippy floppy stuff right. and somebody, an individual like your size doesn't normally do flippy stuff. Exactly. Floppy stuff Pretty like much that. saying like he can do things that other people can't do. Right. You know? Because he's a smaller figure. And sure. Top dollar. Top dollar got mad. He got really upset. With the smallest like, guy er, in the like, room too. Like, you ever seen a man get mad at a bar? For no reason, like yeah. you're just like watching him, and you're, he's just like talking to somebody. You could just see he like the storm brewing in his behind his eyes. Yeah, like, that man's gonna punch somebody in the face. That's what Top Dollar looked like, but only for like that that three seconds where he reached out and <laughs> baby push Ricochet. Uh huh. Again, the smallest guy in the room. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Another thing there was, it was really funny. Other than Mansoor, there was no other dude that was smaller than Ricochet. Yeah forgot Mansoor and what's the other guy's name Masay Masay you used to love them oh I do love them they're great just don't remember their names nah <laughs> they're, they're cheap versions of the ass boys I'm saying they're right cheap yep. versions yep look at their clothing look at the ass boys clothing at least the ass boys get actually are on TV see this doesn't make any sense because we're recording for Raw and Smackdown but we actually took a break to watch Dynamite that just happened for yeah, this it's, week it's 1030 on a Wednesday because <laughs> why not um, so Seth Rollins and Austin Theory, you've seen it. We've seen it. It was great. It I'll tell you what, a bad match. Just go back to any of the other times they wrestled and just find one where Seth loses. And there you go. <laughs> and that's the match. Uh, nothing, nothing spectacular. Nothing happened. Nothing, nothing. Like they, Seth Rollins lost. Just uh, a good, good match. Austin Theory wanted that. to leave at one point. He was like, ah, I'm out of here. He did the heel you thing. Know? He did the heel thing where he's like, well, if I just leave, then, you know, I lose. And, but I'm DQ'd, I so I belt, retain the title, you know? the championship advantage. Um, I yeah, don't know what they did. With, what, 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 yeah. Hopefully they got something planned. Hopefully they bring the Hurt Locker back. We did have a little bit of a yes. preview of that kind of, I don't remember what the segment was. Uh, but it was when EO Sky, Dakota Kai, and Bailey were all walking to the ring. Right. You could see in the background that MVP, Cedric, and Shelton were all talking to Adam Pierce. Right. So, By the way, big ups to Adam Pierce of actually growing a pair of testicles this week. Yeah, he decided on Raw that he wasn't, which we're going to talk about, but he wasn't cool with, with the bloodline. Well, no, bring it up now. Yeah, he, uh, uh, the bloodline, bloodline stormed Raw. They had a very NWO invasion of Raw. They were going to take over, you know, the, the classic bloodline. Literally. A hostile takeover, yes. as Sami Zayn put it. KO came out, and he was like, what are you guys doing? You know, and then it was just like, whatever. And he just, he did the same thing Becky did. He just starts attacking them. And Adam Pierce finally comes out and is like, you know, these guys aren't in charge. You know, I'm in charge. And mm. pretty much like the authoritarian um, position where he's like, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. But at and first he acted like... He acted like he was going to kick them out. He's like, oh, security, come down here and kick the bloodline out. But then he's like, for some reason, he changed his mind and thought, well, you know what's a better idea? Well, it's because I'll have them call, all wrestle. It's because he had to call the entire locker room out. Yeah. He called the entire locker room out because he started to get them all go to go back. Uh, Solo Sokoa started taking everybody out. Uh-huh. So he called, I need he, the, the universal the locker universal room. sign for he looks at the he looks at the entrance and he just starts waving his arm. Like beckoning, <laughs> and you just see man after man come filing out, like they were standing sure. in gorilla waiting for this. Just full, everybody in gear. Nobody, you haven't seen half these guys on TV, but they're in full gear, running to the ring, and the bloodline proceed to just beat the shit out of everybody. 
walk through the crowd. And finally, Adam Pierce uh, gets everything kind of handled and says, you know what, fine, yeah, every instead of kicking you out, I'm going to make you all have a match. Which, and... how is that a punishment for wrestlers? I, again, I don't understand. How are you going to kick me out, but then be like, oh, no, your real punishment is you're going to have to fight. I don't know. I don't know what they're I don't know. Doing. I don't know what they're doing with Adam <laughs> Pierce. I feel, I feel like, like every time that he gets on TV, he just, they take a little bit more away from him. Yeah, they do. I, I feel like a lot of what's going on in WWE right now is they have a shitload of ideas and they're throwing all of them at the wall to see which one sticks. Right, but they've been doing so well with the bloodline. I don't know what they're doing with it now. Like, I... Ugh. Well... Let's start off by, by talking a little bit about Solo Sokoa and his week in particular, which Solo's had a solid week. Solo's had a, he's had a solid come up into the uh, uh, WWE in general, WWE, thank you. <laughs> up, up to the main card. Um, he had a match uh, during SmackDown with Sheamus, mm-hmm. just a good, clean match just to establish how good Solo is, really. Again, not a lot of comments, but really good match. Um, and then he also had a match on Raw versus Elias. And when you're talking about Adam Pierce and he's trying to set everything straight, he gets all the wrestlers that came down to kind of like help break up the bloodline and everything in the back. And he like has a conversation with everybody. Well, they were all, they all, were all matches. just yelling at him. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you know, you, you're going to fight this person and so on and so forth. So Elias is like, you know, I have a problem with Solo. He smashed a guitar on me. So. I want to have a match with him. And Adam Pierce, let's let's remember here, this is impromptu, decides that they're going to have a was a Music City Street fight. Right. It's uh Tennessee. They're they're at Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. And this is the they previously they introduced their musical guest Hardy, Hardy. which I had a for a second I had a really hard time understanding what was going on because I mean, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy so when they kept saying Hardy, like, what are they talking about? And they finally show this Kid Rock lookalike guy. And I guess because he's from Nashville and he's got a song that has to do with the, one of the upcoming premium live events, he was a part of the, the show. Yeah, they gave him his like 30 seconds to like awkwardly like pose in front of the camera. Yep. Yep. Here's Hardy from Nashville, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that good stuff. Even everybody in Nashville was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. But. Again, this is impromptu, and let me go back through my notes and tell you the exact um, musical instruments that they had set up here. We had a full piano, a drum set, electric guitars, amps, I mean, heads. What else? Am I missing something? I mean, multiples. Electric guitars, acoustic guitars. And a piano. A full piano. Uh, yeah, a full full piano, grand piano. And in this impromptu match that Adam Pierce came up with, what, five minutes beforehand? Right. Like, kudos to the guys that went out and set that up. That must have been a nightmare. Oh, God, I couldn't imagine. They must have had every guy that works for them, like, we need every single one of you to grab a musical instrument. Right. And they were trash. They looked like they were just brand new. They found, like, the closest Sam Ash. They went over to the, like cheap section oh yeah it was definitely bottom well of course you're not gonna be smashing pearls and ibanez <laughs> i know but there was they weren't even name brand <laughs> oh they had everything spray like they had a, it looked like it looked like they had a couple of line six 
uh, half stacks with a cab, but they spray painted all the logos out. There was just like a random blue guitar sitting there and a tambourine. I think uh, yeah. Elias hit solo with a tambourine. Yeah, and I think solo hit Elias with a cymbal. No, he hit him with a cymbal stand, which I'm not going to yes. lie. When he did that, I thought he was going to take his eye out. For real. If you have ever fucked with a cheap hi-hat, those, the edges, there's, the, the thing is, they're so fucking thin. <laughs> yeah. Is you, you can, you'll cut your own, da- you can cut pizza with them. Uh-huh. They're just, they're, they're so <laughs> damn thin. Um, so I was surprised he didn't get hurt, but I, for it being the gimmick match, and if you take away the idea that this was a unplanned match, um. It was a good match. I, I I do enjoy a good gimmick match. I this was like a borderline, basically like a reskinned hardcore match, right? With uh, a lighter tone. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending was was kind of fun too. I I didn't really like the idea because he, uh, Solo Sokoa ended up hitting like or not or or Nagi. I think that's how you say it. Onto it's like a it's like a rock bottom basically. Yeah. Uh, onto the piano. The piano ends up collapsing and he ends up pinning him. Yeah, after a Simone bike. Right. Uh, which, I get it. It's it, Like I said, it's like a reskinned hardcore match, so I can understand the fall count anywhere, but it, on top of the piano? But the, the piano barely budged, too. Well, the legs ended up collapsing, yeah. and the top ended up folding down. It, it was, theatrically, it looked good. Yeah, but uh, it looked like it hurt. <laughs> I don't know why they needed to put Solo Sokoa in a match like this. I guess they did this to make people give a shit about the match because if you would have put uh Rey Mysterio and Braun Strowman in this just right. because they ran into each other at a poker game exactly like, like, nobody would give yeah. a shit so I think they tried to use Solo Sokoa as, to make it a form of legitimacy to yeah. the matches which they did you know Hardy. I just hate seeing somebody like that underutilized then, yeah uh, hardy ahead. you know they make that big segment where they're like oh you know here's your moment they they obviously call this guy out i don't know who this guy is and he has a guitar what? and at one point he hands it to elias so elias can hit solo with it and it ends up just sitting in the ring and this guy just jumps over the barricade yep jumps up behind solo sokoa whacks him with the guitar hits solo him in the back. no sells hits him in the back yeah and then solo just turns around and i think i think he just runs off right right he just he just dips just and then ridiculous uh, no need elias ends up trying to trying to attack solo with the guitar i mean it's it's literally just the neck the the thin eighth inch wood yeah front with the strings <laughs> attached to it and flopping around and Brings that to the top of the rope and yep. then jumps. Solo hits him with the, with the uh, Simone spike. The right? Simone spike yeah. and uh, gets for the pin. Again, I, it was a fun match. I just don't know. It, I don't know why they they needed to use Solo. I feel like the he's whole such a street an intimid- fight axe aspect. Maybe I guess I, he's just. I, I feel like he's more intimidating than a, than a band geek fight. One of the other things that happened. This happened on SmackDown. Was Sami Zayn had uh, an interesting encounter with Paul Heyman. Uh, at the beginning of SmackDown, he showed up and he was like he normally would, go say hi to Roman. And Paul Heyman had a conversation with him at the door. He like stopped him super awkwardly. Well, he was trying to str- uh, strategi- strategi- strategize with him because uh, he got he had a match with himself and Roman against John Cena, Kevin Owens later that right. night. Right. Sammy has a conversation with Paul, asks him, you know, how was your Ramadan? And, and Paul says, how's your Hanukkah? And all that good stuff. And they're making small talk and talking about how good everything is. And Paul's like, you know, I'm always happy to, when I get to see you, Sammy. And they're talking kind of talking back and forth. And 
uh, Paul just kind of stops all of a sudden. He's like, you know what? Uh, I got the green light. Um, we can. There's no more delay. There's no more delay tactics. And Sammy went to go walk in. He was like, oh, <laughs> Paul, you know, kind of laughed it off. And then Paul just had this like really stern face. Uh, one thing I forgot to say, too, there was a, a conversation between them uh, during this where Paul kind of hinted to Sammy that it wasn't a good thing that the crowd is chanting, you know, Sammy, Sammy and all that right. stuff. And Sammy was concerned, like, did Roman say something about this? And Paul said, no, Roman didn't say anything about this. But, you know, being on the island of relevancy, relevancy, you have to be three steps ahead. And I just, you know, something I wanted to talk to you about. That's right. all. And just, kind of, again, played it off and said, you know, no more delay tactics. You know, come on in. And Paul's playing the game hard. Yeah. Yeah, they're, um, there's something brewing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know if it's going to be how oh, Sammy's leaving the bloodline or yeah. what the case is, but there's definitely something there. Yeah, for sure. I think he's playing a, a hard game trying to convince Sammy that they're, they're best of friends. They get along really well. You know, you want to keep your enemies close kind of thing. Right. So right. don't really know what's going on there, but that did happen at the beginning of SmackDown. Um, again, like you said, the other thing that happened was the main event and John Cena had his one and only match uh, this year or yep. last year now. Right. Right. Uh, with Kevin Owens on his side against uh, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. I mean... It was really good. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they started off the match. They had their back and forth. Those guys have had just years and years and years of matches together. So, of course, they know how to put on just a fantastic performance. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, other than not saying the match wasn't good, yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it really that much. Um, I don't know if they were trying to sell Roman like he was tired or I don't know something, but he was moving very slow. He was... He wasn't really... There wasn't a lot of, like, urgency in no. what he was doing. He wasn't it... hitting his moves? No. He didn't look good. I don't know if that was storyline. I'm not sure, yeah. But kind of odd. Right. I, I think it was just purely just to let John Cena kind of have his moment. He's in Tampa. That's where he's from. Right. You know, let him kind of shine. Um, Him and his bald spot had their moment. And, um, you know, it was good. It was gimmicky. Him and Kevin Owens did the five knuckle shuffle. Right. Then John Cena the did, an, did an AA. Roman Reigns rolled out, and Kevin Owens hit the stunner on Sami Zayn, and that was it. Yep. Yep. I mean, got to give the people what they want, and it's the John Cena win. Yep. God, we all know Roman's not going to take the panel, but I don't know. It was kind of weird. Well, it felt kind of awkward. Afterwards. Even then, the the entire time, Roman Reigns was not didn't look very happy with Sami Zayn's performance no i oh. like sammy did a bad job right i the think it's weird i think it's supposed to be they're acting like it's the fueled by jealousy that the crowd is digging sammy's sammy zane instead of the bloodline i mean that's not sammy's fault no i mean it could, <laughs> I, well, technically it could be yeah sammy can't help himself he's just too good right sammy Oos. he's had he had quite a fucking year yeah mvp well, we've got the royal rumble will be coming up at the end of this month. Yep, January 28th. Uh, yeah, so whole new season to WWE. They've, I guess they labeled their, their seasons by every year, so Raw was episode one of the new season of WWE. Starting off weird. It is starting, starting off, off weird. Not, 
I don't know if not on a, on a good foot's a good term to use, but it wasn't not not the best raw. I guess you expected a really good show with it being the beginning of the year and hoping that, like you said before, a lot of these like what seem like weird rivalries that are starting like actually have some fire behind it and have right. some ass and some steam, so it's like interesting. Right. But we really don't know. No. So I don't know if they're building up to something or just trying to get anything to make sense until they can build up to something. Right. Again, I'm happy Charlotte Flair's back. I think they really needed that. It's a short time to build something up for Royal Rumble, though, if they're even going to plan on it. Yeah. And they still haven't even decided who, well, I mean, they've decided, but they haven't announced who Roman's going to face. You'd think, I mean, if he's got less again, than a month. If he's going to face anybody. Yeah. Is it going to be Sammy? Is it going to be KO? I don't know. We'll find out. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week with WWE. And that is SmackDown for 1230 and Raw for January 2nd. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and you like to hear more, make sure you subscribe to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell a friend about us. The best way for us to grow and bring you even better content every week is by word of mouth or just share us on your social media pages. And of course, remember to follow at CAW Wrestling Pod on Twitter, where we live tweet along with AUW and WWE shows and pay-per-views, Instagram, and YouTube, where we repost every podcast and video format. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at A Bacon Party. And I'm at Gunk Dudley. A Gunk Dudley? Just Gunk Dudley. <laughs> Just Gunk Dudley. <laughs>